Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Wednesday. Uh, this is the final episode of 2021, and what a ride 2021 has been. I'm certainly hoping uh, 2022, uh, you know, we get out of the situation. We've been stuck in here for a while. Uh, here's to hoping to all the uh, advertisers, uh, supporters, everything that have helped the, the podcast on its journey through 2021. I do uh, truly appreciate uh, all the support I've received through this year. It has been at times a wild ride, at times an uncomfortable ride, but nonetheless, uh, you the listeners, the the businesses that have supported it along the way have made it uh, an enjoyable learning lesson and uh, we just continue to grow this thing and, and move along and I'm really looking forward to 2022 and what uh, lays ahead. I'm, I'm excited to see the possibilities of what's coming uh, in in the new year. But before we get to the new year, of course, we got we got another one coming for you. So before we get there, let's get to today's episode sponsors, Jim Spenrath and the team over at Three Trees Tap and Kitchen. If you're looking a way to usher in New Year's Eve, they got a full menu uh, coming up with uh, your choice of all the fixings, of course. Uh, probably steak for this guy, but uh, also full rack ribs, you know, prawns, etc. the whole thing. And if you're looking for some beverages, you know, I always shout out the, the local ones, Fourth Meridian, Ribstone Creek, you get it. Uh, go have yourself a time, but don't do like me. Don't roll in there at uh, 7 o'clock New Year's Eve. Call right now, book a reservation, 780-874-7625, and uh, get in there. Uh, celebrate the new year and the team over at Jim, uh, Jim, the team over at Three Trees Tap and Kitchen, led by Jim Spenrath. And I truly do support their, their, I, I tr- appreciate their support here in 2021. Jen Gilbert and the team for over 45 years since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker Cityside Realty have served Lloydminster and the surrounding area. They have uh, been backers of the podcast. And it's been a it's been a cool relationship here for oh well over a year. And I suggest getting involved with with Jen and her team. They offer star power, providing you the client with seven day a week access because they know big life decisions are not made during office hours. They're looking forward to uh, helping you out in 2022 find that uh, that new spot. And I'm telling you, the amount of times that uh, we've looked at houses. It always seems to come at the most oddest hours. Young kids, everything else, right? And uh, Jen's always up to the task. And uh, I swear that lady never stops working. It's uh, rather impressive. I'm sure her team is very similar. Anyways, did you know when it comes to rental properties, they are the biggest licensed residential property management company in the city of Lloydminster? Bet you didn't. They deal with over 300 rental units. We're talking houses, apartments, and condos. So if you're looking to rent out or find a rental unit, Cobalt Banker can help you there as well. They're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give them a call, 780-875-3343. Agland. Well, I mentioned last episode for a Christmas gift, they had these, uh, si- the gators, sorry, I was going to say side by side, the gators, the children gators. And then I opened up my Instagram um, Christmas morning and wouldn't you know it, there's a bunch of kids rolling around in them. I have no idea if that came from me or not, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. If you, ha- if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just go on their, their Instagram, do a little creeping, creeping, and you can see uh, these gators, these children, you know, like little gators that you can buy for your kids. And, uh, well, I just, I showed my kids. I made the mistake of doing that. Um, and what kid doesn't want one of these things? I mean, they're, they're I want one of them. Give me, give me the real size life one, right? Who am I kidding? Anyways, they service, uh, they got three locations, Vermilion St. Paul, of course, here in Lloydminster, and they have John Deere products with, of course, Brent, Brent, Bobcat, Dangleman, and AA trailers. Just go to agland.ca to check out their full inventory or give them a call 780-875-4471. HSI Group, they're the local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make sure you have a compliant system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial, livestock, and agricultural applications. Uh, they use technology to give you peace of mind so you can focus on the things that truly matter. If you're wanting to, you know, monitor anything on the farm, your business, etc. You want some peace of mind when it's minus 34 outside? Get an HSI to install uh, some of their security systems so you can sit inside in the warmth 
and just check from your phone. It is way too bloody cold to be walking around. Anyway, stop in 3902 52nd Street or get Brody or Kim a call, Kim or call a day. A call a day. Huh. The old tongue ain't working today, folks. At 306-825-6310. Mac Construction, they've been doing business locally for over 12 years. The 100 homes completed. They're design, build, custom home operation that has specialized in constructing homes, cottages, and RTMs throughout Lake Minster and the communities since 2008. In addition to custom home building, they also do extensive renovations to residences and light commercial work. If you're looking to build your dream house, head no further than macconstruction.ca. If you're looking for any outdoor signage, the team over at Read and Write, gotta be honest, they've made the S&P look awfully sharp over the past year. Give them a call, 306-825-5111. And if you're looking for a new spot for the office, Gartner Management is a Lloydminster-based company with uh, 1,800 square feet of uh, rental property sitting in our building. You can have a single office if you're just looking for something small or you got multiple employees, they got you, they, they got you covered there as well. Give away Gartner a call today, 780-808-5025. And if you are heading into any of these businesses, make sure you let them know you heard about them from the podcast, right? Now, let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Entrepreneur, former prosecutor, former infantry officer, current CEO of the trial-focused law firm. I'm talking about Philip Millar. So buckle up. Here we go. This is Philip Miller, and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Philip Millar. Thank you, sir, for hopping on. It's my pleasure to join you. Now, um, before we get rolling, or I mean, I guess as we roll, uh, could you start by giving a little bit of your background so the audience uh, can get a feel for who they're listening to? Unfortunately, these days, I'm, I'm known as a lawyer, but I'm kind of a lawyer by accident in that uh, I lost my sight in the military. Uh, I grew up in Markham, Ontario, started a bunch of businesses when I was 16. Um, I was going to join the army early, broke my leg in training, then went to university, became a bit of a hippie for a while. My dad lost his business. We were well off. And then when he lost his business, I realized bad things happened to good people, became a hippie and then was dared to join the military again, joined it again, almost got kicked out for having attitude, but ended up topping some of the toughest courses that we have in Canada. And then thought I was going to be a general, served in a variety of operational tours, was in charge of Canada's sniper platoon, uh, did psychological operations, information warfare, NATO, NATO, uh, NATO stuff, lost my eyesight, and then they repurposed me to, um, to law. So they paid me a nice chunk of money to go to law school. And I'd say that the Canadian government, sometimes I hear the Canadian government takes care of its vets very, very well. I believe. And uh, so they paid me to go to law school, became a crown attorney, realized I was just putting guilty people in jail who had shitty lawyers. Uh, you know, they wouldn't give me the good cases or, you know, you have to, I just found the system not rewarding, went to a big firm. Now I own my own firm and do some advocacy for veterans and uh, do a wide range of, of interesting cases. Are you, I got a, are you not proud to be a lawyer? Well, I like, um, I like going to law school. Like when you have these titles, it, it, it sounds good, right? Like your parents want you to be a doctor or a lawyer, right? Like, so I yep. remember when I told my dad I was going to law school, even though I was a very successful infantry officer, he got a little emotional because my family didn't have degrees, right? And I love, I see law school like ranger training for the brain or SEALs training for the brain when it's done well. Right. Like it really pushes your brain to the limits. The unfortunate part is that law school, um, it's, it's a scarcity mentality. And so that people go in there who have high powered brains, but often they're not really good social people. They don't really care about other people. And so for me, going from working in special forces units where it's much like a hockey team, people are like a high end hockey team. People aren't necessarily polite, but, you know, they got your back. Right. Like in those in those good environments. And then you go into law where everybody is polite, but they don't give, they don't give a shit. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we you just got to apologize to mom. Sorry, mom. Carry on. So it, I, 
I call things as I see them. And most lawyers don't give a fuck about anybody else other than their ego and their billable hours. And so what I didn't like about law school is I was surrounded by these high performance people who could do a lot of good, but they were really self-motivated, which is understandable. So I tried to build in law school. I won a couple of awards for building some groups that help make people support each other and do all this stuff. But uh, yeah, I would say, honestly, like I'm leaders go into business. Leaders do things that involve a lot of risk. Law attracts high performing brains that are risk adverse. And I don't resonate with that. Right. It's just, you know, I find like, yeah. So I don't mind, like I have a couple of good lawyer friends, but I'd say I don't like the system. I think it's rigged against the, the client. The billable hour system is a ripoff. You don't know what the lawyer's doing. So yeah, I have some issues with it, but I, what I love about being a lawyer is that you can make huge change if you care, if you're willing to expose yourself and get out there. So that's what I'm trying to encourage in my firm. Doesn't that, doesn't that uh, cross not only lawyers, but to a lot of different places, if you're willing to expose yourself a bit, you can really do some good. Yeah, but you have to have that courage to step out from the crowd because the crowd will initially laugh or mock at you. Like when I started doing some things, they're like, oh, you can't do that. That's And now that we're very successful, but, you know, for the first five years of doing that, they would snicker, laugh. Who do you think you are? You know, but yeah, it's very true in any for anybody, any of your listeners doing the right thing and having the courage to stick your neck out can be great, but I'm not saying in corporations, you won't get fired for it. Like, so you have to be careful also. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thought coming from a lawyer. I, <laughs> you know, most people are pretty proud to be where they're sitting at. And I mean, I'm not saying you're not just that in the first two minutes of being on here, you, you kind of slam being a lawyer, which is interesting because most people take their entire life to get that title and are very proud of it and, and, and carry on. But you, sir, um, have an interesting take right from the get-go. So this should be a fun hour. It's even the same thing with veterans, I would say, if you want to even throw more controversy on sure. it. Because, like, I'm sick of veterans being lionized as the only heroes, right? Like, I go to a hockey game and they're paraded out like a, a circus animal where people stand up for a minute, for 10 seconds, sit down. Like, the vets I know hate those things, right? They don't want to... They like quiet professionalism, but... You know, I didn't join the army out of necessarily service, right? Like my grandfather who served in World War II, he served the country, went four years over to Europe, four years in hell. I joined because I was a young guy who wanted to be able to blow stuff up legally, put some medals on my chest so I could get ladies. Like really, you know, like it, it wasn't service. It was absolutely fun. I wanted to go everywhere. And I just see that there's a lot of other heroes in Canada who are out there working midnight shifts in the ER, teachers, people working with disabled. There's lots of heroes in society. So I don't want it only just to be veterans because even in the military, there's a spectrum of guys who did amazing stuff, you know, and guys who, you know, you know, folded paper and ran over a goat and now have a $200,000 yeah. patient. Well, the government and media uh, together love to put a spotlight and tell us what a hero is, but we know what a hero is. A hero is the guy who, you know, uh, when your, your, uh, your heat goes out, comes over at two in the morning yeah. and gets back running like that. That's a, that's the blue collared hero, right? Like that's, that's the guy that, that makes the world uh, spin. We're going to have an interesting time here. If it f plays out in the start of the new year, you know, my father was a truck driver is a truck driver. Yeah. And, uh, truck drivers are talking about walking off the job if they're mandated to have the vaccine to go across borders. Mm. And if the bunch of them walk off uh, and they push that through, we might have a rude awakening on the old supply chain and, and what a, a real hero looks like if they uh, decide that they don't want to be forced into that, uh, into that process. I love to talk about that topic too. Sure. Yeah. Well, listen here, we can talk about any topic you want to talk about, Philip. Don't yeah. worry about uh, straying off the beaten path. That's what we do here. So uh, what's your thoughts on truck drivers possibly walking off? I mean, it's been in Canada alone. Uh, the number has been as high as 22, 30,000, like anywhere in that range. That's a lot of truck drivers. I don't think we fully understand that. Obviously, truck drivers are essential, right? Um, and they get paid hopefully good bucks for what they do, just like what the rest of us who do, who do what we do. I've had probably during COVID 
20 people come in and pay for a consult on, on vaccines, right? And I could have easily asked them to give me 10 grand and said I'd fight them, this under a constitutional thing. But I know that you're gonna lose because it's easy to say they're breaching our charter rights, but our charter rights are breached all the time. They're breached when you're told to put on a seatbelt. They're breached when you're given a speed limit. They're breached when you have to get a polio vaccine. They're breached all the time because there's a clause that says, for the good of society, your rights can be breached, right? It's an notwithstanding clause. And so if everybody's charter rights were absolutely prime, uh, uh, the most important thing, we wouldn't be able to do things for the benefit of society. But the point I have is, and when I talk to people about vaccines, and I served, and I wrote a paper on this, right? My grandfather, for the good of society, put on a Canadian uniform, went overseas, was injured, and his friends were killed by machine guns in D-Day, right? His charter rights were breached when he was conscripted, and every listener needs to know that. His charter rights were breached. He was taken from his house, put in a uniform, and told to run into a machine gun for the good of society. And that was a European battle. Nobody was on the shores of Canada, right? So we did it for Canada's good. So if our leaders say that for the good of society, we need to get 95% of our population vaccinated because that reduces the amount of host people where the vaccine can mutate into something more dangerous, that's called service. And nobody is looking at it like that. Like, and so I tell people, I'm like, I call this the stupid tax because I just had a kid come in the other days in last year of actuarial science. He graduates, he's gonna make quarter million dollars a year. He's quitting school because of a vaccine, right? Now, if you just put an actuarial table together in terms of cost benefits, one in a million chance of something going bad or more from a vaccine, right? The, the antibiotics he takes for strep throat are more dangerous. And so I say the same thing if a trucker would come to me. I'm like, okay, look, you want to you want to quit your job over a vaccine? That's fine. But like when you go to the doctor and you and they give you a prescription, you don't know what's in it. Right? You just take it because the doctor said, okay, doctors are in are in the business of protecting people. But what I think might happen with truckers is there's kind of the law of unintended consequences. If that happens, they are going to speed up uh, self-driving vehicles. Right. So there, there's a short term impact. We will walk off the job. But if all of a sudden humans can't be relied upon to do whatever and there's a giant shortage, it's going to make it much more economical, economically attractive to move to those Tesla vehicles that are self-driving battery things. That's going to happen. Like within 10 years, 80 percent of truckers are going to be out of a job anyhow. So uh, we can't fight technology. So that, what I would say is make money for your family save it, invest it, because crises has come along. In the past, when a pandemic happened, it would wipe out a giant chunk of society because there was no vaccines. When there's no vaccines, the virus mutates. It starts off like COVID where it kills the weak, but because there's no vaccinations, that, like if you look at the Spanish flu, it took five years, right? It mutated multiple times and ended up killing tons of healthy people because we weren't able to control it. And that's why we say, Let's get 95% vaccinated so the virus will stay in a non-lethal uh, non state to healthy young people like us and our children. Yeah. So I would say to somebody who came to me who's a trucker, I understand your concerns are legitimate. I think government has messaged vaccines horribly. I can understand why it's upsetting, but I'd say in terms of service, it's minuscule compared to the service and sacrifice others have done. And I wouldn't give up my career because somebody on a talk radio show is, is jiving them up to be angry about vaccines and then destroying their lives where most of the people on the talk radio shows have vaccines. Tucker Carlson, Hannity, Trump just got the booster. But 95% of, of his fans think vaccines are evil. But he just got the booster. Powerful people get vaccines, right? And that's how I, I say to your listeners, Look at what powerful people are doing. Not what they're saying to get you to click, but every rich dude I know, powerful person I know, has the vaccine and wants to boost it. And they don't do stupid things generally. That's, that would be my first take on it. Hmm. That's an interesting new take for this show. I'm curious then. Go get the vaccine. Just do what 
you're told essentially follow what power powerful people are doing and yet the vaccine here in saskatchewan that just came out with oh by the way we're going to allow you to get your booster three months after because oh you can still get covid you can still pass covid you can still do a bunch of things and it went from take one or two shots to get away from COVID and get to that, you, you say 95%. I find that interesting because right at the start, it was 70%. Then I had a doctor on, I asked, well, what's the number? Is it 80? And he goes, well, it's 80, 85. Now it's 95. You know, I don't know so, what the number is. That's because nobody knows, Philip, what the number is. It's, it's this we hypothetical. Know that, we know that restricting the amount of host bodies that are not vaccinated dramatically increases the chance of mutation. So a virus exists not to kill its host. A virus exists yep. to live forever. Yes. Right? So viruses don't generally kill healthy people, but they transmit. But when they're allowed to mutate, they often will mutate into a lethal form. And that's what happened in other pandemics. They mutate into a very lethal form because there's so many, there might be a thousand mutations in six months of a virus and 950 of them are benign. But if one or two of them turn into a lethal form, then it will wipe out 10% of your population. You know, that's, I'm not a doctor, but I've, I've talked a lot about this and, and I like to, I call it the alternate middle and where, where I want to bring people, because I have a lot of vet friends and I have a lot of liberal friends, right? And I find the woke people are retarded and the other end are retarded. <laughs> and what's happening is you have these tribes of people who are reinforcing their, their circle of uneducated certainty. Yes, and the I'm echo like, chamber. Yeah, let's come into the middle and let's have a, a discussion and, and figure out what's best for Joe, your listener, who's got to worry that if he loses his job, you know, his kids might not be able to go to college. Right. And but, you, you know, that, that's what gives me tingles in terms of trying to help out the average Canadian make good decisions because it's easy to make them angry. You know, what, whatever side you are, I can make them angry all day long. Well, yeah, well, I we can all make everyone very angry all day long. I'm sure we've both done that in the first 20 minutes of this podcast. We've probably pissed off enough people by now. Um, <laughs> I've never heard a lawyer uh, throw it retarded on the show before. That's no, but fantastic. You, you don't learn unless you experience discomfort. It's like 100%. your muscles don't, your muscles yeah. don't grow unless well, you, you got to flex them, right? We, yeah. we're, we're in the gym right now. We're working out. Yeah. We're, we're, we're competing or not competing. We're, we're throwing ideas against each other and, yeah. and seeing what comes. And the thing that you're talking about is when you talk to the same side over and over and over and over and over and over again, you reinforce it's the echo chamber. You're, you're, uh, you're getting the uh, confirmation bias, right? You're, you're actually yeah. convincing yourself by talking to yourself, essentially. And what we're yeah, doing here awesome. is, is while well, you're sitting in Ontario, I, I believe yeah. uh, today, yeah. correct? Yes. And um, I'm sitting here in Saskatchewan. I just, I think it's two different worlds. That, that's the way I look at this. You know, mm -hmm. you talk about 95%. And the funny thing is, is when you come back to these, uh, these pockets of uh, um, mutations, I've heard this argument before. And I, I, I sit and I listen to it and I go, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's interesting. And then I, I gotta, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are then. You know, I've listened to a lot of different people talk about by mass vaccination in the middle of a pandemic you're actually spurring on mutations. And I've had doctors on here who've talked about it, where they say by doing that, you're actually propagating mutations getting to where they figure out, well, I mean, they're talking about with Omicron. I don't know if, it, if it's there or not, because I've also had doctors on already that say Omicron is not as bad as the media is making it out to be. Oh, it's not. But by mass vac vaccinating in a pandemic with a vaccine that allows... Uh, transmission and everything else you're actually propagating something that could be worse it's possible i have an office in calgary and so like i know the west yeah, and you yeah. know i hate Toronto. i don't mean to i don't mean to no, pigeonhole no. you as an easterner no. no and don't get me wrong um i'm very aware and i have sued pharma i'm aware of pharma trying to to advance things you just have to be an economic reality of pharma is that vaccines vaccines are the least profitable product line right? And this is what people also miss. It's, a, it's, it's like one shot, maybe three shots, right? But if there's no vaccine, they can prescribe monthly medications that, you know, they don't actually want it. They were mandated to, de to develop it by the government. They're going to make money off of it. And they're going to they're gonna rip us off. But they prefer 
monthly everybody on on some medication regime that their most profitable line cereals are monthly medications the vaccine is kind of a one and done and do, i agree that they may be pushing the do they prefer early. do they prefer having a booster shot every three months well that's what i mean we shouldn't listen to the ceo of moderna say we need boosters we need to to learn you know because i i believe i agree uh we need to get uh we don't need to booster everybody like i'm i'm on i'm on the same side as a lot of people there but i just believe if we get vaccinated take the masks off let's go back to normal like we got you know, if the average age of people dying is 80, they get diabetes, they have poor metabolic health, and they're dying. I don't want to destroy society or all of our kids' educations. Like we make these decisions all day long, and I'm so disappointed with our government. And I think I'll resonate with your. I deliberately don't mind starting off with your listeners, maybe pissing them off, but I'll resonate with them on I think some other things, and that I really hate how our government is treating it because it's like we're scared, scared, and we're we're just trying to do everything about no risk. Like when we decide that the, if we really cared about deaths, right, we'd make the, the Trans-Canada Highway speed limit 40 kilometers an hour, right? Nobody would die, right? Photo radar every 200 meters, nobody would die on the highway. If we made it 200 kilometers an hour, maybe more people would die. So we make a decision down the middle. They say, okay, at 100 or 120 kilometers an hour, that's an acceptable risk. Some people are going to die, but all of society doesn't want to drive 40 kilometers an hour. Omicron is a cold. Like it hasn't killed, it's killed one person in Canada. So we shouldn't be shutting down our society again for something that's a cold. We're all vaccinated. That's why it's not, but to go back to your point, because we're all over the place a bit, but (laughs) for the doctors that come on and say that, I understand that. But you have to ask yourself, if 97% of the other doctors don't agree with that, is that doctor who's saying that trying to get a million clicks? Because if you just look at it rationally, there was not a vaccine for another pan- for one of the, the past global pandemics, right? Which killed huge swaths of healthy people. This pandemic has not killed huge swaths of healthy people. Uh, it's killed a lot of older people. So it seems like it's actually working. And when you talk to 95% of the doctors that I know that are in there, the numbers are just numbers, but the vaccine is probably one of the greatest medical achievements in the last 50 years. And it's sad that nobody will even think about it, but what our science has been able to do with computers that are more powerful than anything before is stop a pandemic that used to wipe out 20 to 30% of the population. And we should be celebrating it, but instead a group of people who are like my old friends are are looking like this is the, the hill they're gonna die on and not take a vaccine. And this is the hill they're gonna lose their job on. They're not gonna to speak to their family on. They're gonna think they're taking away their guns and their ranch. And, you know, I got the vaccine. I felt nothing, you know, like, so I think your listeners have to be careful on how easy it is to make the vaccine a bigger issue to get their eyeballs, as opposed to saying, hey, what's good for my family 10 years down the road? And you don't see a bigger issue with the vaccine and how they're pushing it out. I just, I know that in every society, if the government, and our governments are the best, even though I'm not liking Trudeau's government at the moment, but our Western governments are the best in terms of having a science-based approach to public health. Like we have the cleanest drinking water, sanitation, we don't have, like our society exists in a fairly healthy way. I'm not saying that doctors can be wrong, policy can be wrong, or pharmaceuticals can try and make money, but generally we're doing okay compared to the rest of the world. Right. Like you can go to Ukraine where you get it seems like there's more rights there, but they're not. And people are dying and they don't report it. So, uh, you know, I just uh, I know that they're pushing the vaccine. I think they messaged it very poorly. You know, I think Fauci messaged it poorly with the mask, not mask. But what I would say to a lot of people also is most of the people we know have a very hard time organizing their closet. Like if they just go and look in their closet, most people's closets are a fucking disaster, right? Try to run a government, right? So it's easy for me to sit back, you know, with a beer on my couch watching a hockey game and say the politicians suck, but try to run a trillion dollar organization or, you know, and make policies that are tough. It's not an easy thing to do. So it's easy to say they're all idiots, you know, and and uh (laughs) most of them are idiots at this point. Yeah, unfortunately, politicians doesn't attract like real, I think, real leaders. 
like the ones who are in business because it's too costly to get into it. And, and most good leaders have skeletons in their closet. So it just attracts these kind of timid people who are very, most of them are lawyers, right? They're risk adverse, they're self-interested, you know, and that Ottawa crew right now is ridiculous. I actually was trying to reach out to a tool. I, I, would, I, I would probably reach out for a different word than ridiculous. I would go yeah. with something more extreme. We're in uncharted waters. And mm-hmm. I would say, I would even probably go a little further, Philip, in saying that what concerns me most, it's concerned me for probably a decade now, is what you're exactly talking about. And that is, the best of us won't get involved because we're worried about what might come out if we do. And yet, here we sit. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, this has already been an interesting to have somebody with a different view on this than I do. Because I sit here and I have had military lawyers, doctors come on and say, this is the hell to die on. And I I find it very interesting that you're on the opposite side. And I just look at that and I go, huh, right there is the crux of what's going on right now, right? Uh, Very educated, decorated. You got a a background that's, I mean, geez, uh, that anyone would love, uh, uh, maybe not to go through, but to certainly have the the credentials you have. Um, And to look at it just differently, right? Uh, just go get it and we're through this. And yet that's the message that's been being said now for close to two years. And now in Saskatchewan, just this past Friday, they come out and they say, oh, by the way, Mm. booster every three months, not every three months. That's not the way they say it. They say you're eligible for a booster uh, starting three months, but that's just pointing to the fact that what's going on hasn't gone exactly according to plan, but it doesn't help in fairness to you, it doesn't help that our, our politicians, our leaders are risk adverse in that they won't just say, listen, at some point, we just got to get on with life. Now, some people are going to say we should have done that two years ago. Others are going to say we should do it now for others in three years. If this continues on, eventually they're going to say it, but at some point we're all going to be like, you know what, listen, we got to realize we're going to live with some things. We got to move on. Like at some point we got to move on. And I think what the small percentage of doctors and just regular folk, actually, I won't even throw doctors, of course, in there, but the small percentage that haven't gotten it are, they're just more risk adverse then, because all they want to do, they just want to move on. Just let me move on with life. We'll carry on, right? And society will not let them do that. They're, I mean, geez, it was just last week, no, this week, I think, that uh, the court case was won about New Brunswick and, and uh, grocery stores not allowing unvaccinated in. They were going to let them do curbside pickup. And I think most of us at this point can go, that's a bit ridiculous. I mean, like at the end of the day, are we going to move on from this or aren't we going to move on from I think I think where you are, and I love it, is in this middle that I'm trying to get people to, right? So I think vaccinations make sense. Uh, I think mask mandates when you're vaccinated are ridiculous. I think if somebody, you know, I personally feel that if somebody doesn't want to get vaccinated, you know, in, in one sense, I just think it's thinning the herd. Like, if you don't want to get vaccinated and go kill off your parents, you know, like, you know, then that's but, just a consequence. But, 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 and, but, and here's, it, but here's the but, thing, but, Philip. Yeah. It, it, you say kill off your parents, but, but the thing is, is like vaccinated, which you are, mm-hmm. you can still carry the disease, which means if your parents are vaccinated, what the hell do they got to worry about no, no, I know, whoever walks is- in the house? This is just basic numbers that that's left. Like there's a way to, to, to do a risk assessment. I did it in the military. I do it in a lot of things. You know, like if you, I just look at it, like if you get COVID, right? You have between a one in a hundred or a one in 200 chance of dying, right? And if you get the flu and you're old, you have a greater chance of dying, right? If you get vaccinated, it's a one in a million chance of a negative reaction, right? If you get COVID, and you get, and it's a serious, so like a serious element of COVID, let's say is one out of 30, one out of 40, one out of 50 for a healthy person. If you get a serious form of COVID, you're going to be injected with a, with a, with a, <clears throat> with a, a bundle of drugs that you don't know that will do yep. far more damage to you. So I'm just like, okay. So, but if I, if I know that if I get vaccinated and I've traveled around the world, like I've got diamond miles during COVID, right? And I've never tested positive for COVID. I've done 25 tests at airports. I was vaccinated. I also am healthy. I, you know, I got vitamin D and all that. Uh, but to me, it's just like, if you get vaccinated, you reduce the, the virus's efficacy by 90%. 
So yes, some people are going to get it and they're not even going to have symptoms. And when they don't have symptoms, it means the viral load is dramatically reduced in terms of contagion. So I might test positive for it as a vaccine, and that's a talking point, but its contagion factor is like next to nothing. I could still, if I went up and licked my mother, you know what I mean, and I had it, she might get it if she was unvaccinated, but if she was vaccinated and I'm vaccinated, I have a low contagion factor and her immune system can defeat it. So, so it, yes, vaccinated people get it, but it, it's a red herring meant to throw people off. It's, a, it, it's risk in terms of groups. So if your mom and you don't get vaccinated and you get a load from a vaccinated person and it develops in your system because your immune system is compromised and it becomes strong and you go see your mom and she's compromised, she could die. That's, but if my mom is vaccinated and I'm vaccinated, it's much more, it's much less likely. That's all, that's all I'm saying on, the, on that point. Like it's just, well, I like I, to assess I, I, risk. Yeah. And I just, I listen to, I go, man, we've made this complicated. And I don't mean us too. I just mean in general, no. I go, yeah. you're a grown ass man. I'm a grown ass man. My parents are grown ass people that have mm. dealt with life's shit year after year after year. Yeah. If they want to go get it, Philip, or I want to go get it, or you want to go get it. So be it, go get it. Here we are two years in. Do you think we should be making our population worried about killing mom and dad? Because mom and dad are grown people and they've lived lives and probably done a lot of great things and they've made their choice just mm -hmm. as everyone over 18 has made their choice. I, we can certainly get into kids, but anyone over 18 in our great country has made their choice. Now, can we argue some of them listen to bad information? Sure. Right? Like I, I can, we can go down the bad information route. regardless. I mean, what are we going to do? We, we're going to start acting like we can parent every single individual over 18 in every country in the world and tell them exactly what's right for their body. I mean, although rare side effects do happen, although rare people have died from it. So there <coughs> is risk there and people well, assess it, that it, risk. Here's the number on, on the death. Um, so we've had hundreds of millions of people vaccinated. Yes. Hundreds of millions, right? Now, if I was to put a million people out in a field, and vaccinate them all on one day. Sure. How many people of that million people would have died tomorrow? Just of any other cause, right? So you have to be careful with the people who want to report it, right? Like, so it's correlation versus causation. It, 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 but, but it's fair. Huh? It's fair, but you have to be careful and that you mm -hmm. don't exclude. You know, I, it's funny. The reason why I'm hanging on this is I literally had yesterday, a military vet of 33 years sit across from me. His daughter got, no, son, daughter, doesn't matter, uh, got vaccinated for H1N1 back in the day, right? When H1N1 came through and had an extremely adverse, survived, extremely adverse reaction to it. Blood, bleeding, no, uh, oh, shoot, what's the word I'm looking for? They uh, couldn't clot. So they were Not just, coagulation. Yeah. And the doctors, it was a day after the shot, and they wouldn't call that an adverse reaction. So listen, I will agree with you. You put a million people in the field, you vaccinate them. Okay. Like it'd be an interesting test. I think it'd be very interesting, but fair. It's not like I look around and all of a sudden 10 people have dropped dead in my eyesight from the, the vaccination. I do mm. know several now that have had extreme adverse reactions. In my opinion, doesn't matter. That's my opinion. Everybody's going to make their own. And that's what I want them to do. But mm -hmm. here was a 33-year vet of the military sitting here talking about their, uh, their kid having an extreme re uh, uh, adverse reaction to the H1N1 shot. And they laughed him out of the building and didn't record it. And you go, if that happened 10 years ago, that's certainly happening right now. And so yeah, guess, but... is it as bad as what uh, some of the conspiracy theorists think? Well, obviously not, because I'm I, honestly, I look around. I, geez, you're not falling apart right across from me, right, Philip? So, I mean, it isn't as bad as what some want to make it out, but it isn't as not bad as others want to make it out either. It's so, somewhere in the middle. So the doctors that I, I think, doctors take an oath to preserve life, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can get a doctor who wants some FaceTime on the media, who's never been listened to their whole life, and so they come out anti-vax, and now they're on six, six different shows. But when you look at 97, to, I don't even know what the number is, but it's, it's of the doctors who have pledged to take care of people are vaccinated themselves. Yes. 
right? At some point in the brains of our listeners and of ourselves, we have to say if 97% of the doctors who have medical degrees who are pledged to take care of people are vaccinated and their families are vaccinated, should we listen to the 2% who come on and, and create controversy? And I'm not saying that they're, not, they're wrong, but look at the motivations. A doctor vaccinates himself what? and his family to preserve his life. <laughs> Somebody comes on and, and is anti-vax to increase their pocketbook. Well, like which doctor are you listening to? Well, I, I tell you what. I know there's a the the for some reason Doctor Oz comes to mind, and I I don't know. I, I haven't even, I haven't. I honest to God, we I think we both can laugh about it, and I apologize if there's listeners who love Doctor Oz. No, he's a uh, well, I, I've never, here's the thing here. I sit and I go, I haven't listened to a thing, doctor. Cause I, I look at Dr. Oz and I go, what the hell do I want to listen to Dr. Oz for? The thing is, is I've had people sit in the studio who are nobodies, just doctors who haven't talked about anything. Vaccine have just talked about the coercion and the loss of moral ground and what a doctor is supposed to be informed consent. That was early mm. on sit across from me and go, something is wrong. And they are not, they are no mm -hmm. longer in the country. They had everything to lose, Philip, absolutely everything. And they mm -hmm. sat across from me and I'm watching them as they're like visibly shaking. And that stuck with me. You know, we go just follow what the 97% are doing. Well, this is the argument for Nazi Germany. That's what happened. And I'm no, not- No, 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 Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany, Hitler won with 32% of the vote in the Weimar Republic. 32% of the vote he what appealed. Did, what did Trudeau to, win with? He, dis, he appealed to disgruntled white males who thought that they had been done a disservice. And the intellectuals and the scientists were ignored and they actually were complacent. And 33% vote and then taking power resulted in the worst massacres ever. But when you're talking about rights for your parents, so I agree, like I, I like, I'm, I've, I've often been a libertarian, right? But we have a lot, now maybe you think we shouldn't have a motorcycle helmet, right? I can understand it. I had a motorcycle. I don't really want to ride on a helmet, right? But if I, or a seatbelt law, but if oh, I no, get but, into it. But, but, but here, we'll, <laughs> we'll use the seatbelt law, right? Yeah. Everybody goes, once upon a time, people were pissed off about seatbelts. I agree. Yeah. Like, I get it. It's for people's safety, whatever else. Yeah. But then I also had sit in here, a lady who almost lost her son to masking. And that blew me away. Five-year-old. Masking? On, to masking hear this a five-year-old so out here in the rural uh, communities of saskatchewan alberta we have mm. a rural busing system where kids are on a bus for a long time right uh, yeah. it's very i would say it's unique to where we live right the, 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 poor, kid, the poor kid was on the bus for an hour and 15 minutes one you have to way. wear a mask has to wear a mask that is a law out here well, children shouldn't have to wear a mask. Well, so, so, so let, yeah. let me let me finish the thought then. Yeah. So we go every the seatbelt law. Everybody's pissed about it. Do we have seatbelts on bus? On no, buses? no, it's ridiculous. So there is exceptions. But the there reason why for buses is they get in less accidents because they're big and they drive. No, the, the, the reason the reason for buses is because mm. exactly why they shouldn't be wearing masks on it, because they're yeah. unsupervised. Mm. You got a group of young kids. So a five-year-old falls asleep on a bus. Mm -hmm. with the mask on and when he gets home he's unresponsive you know like can we go through the science of why that is well yeah he's oxygen deprived i'm sure there's a bunch of anyways they get him back to vibe like he, he comes back he's fine he's a healthy kid everything all the tests everything is fine but here is logical human beings we can go me and you can sit here and go Kids shouldn't be wearing masks on bus. That makes zero sense, especially unsupervised, especially as young as five, where they're. But I'll also say that masks don't cause suffocation if it's a proper mask. Like if he fell asleep on his face, you know, like I used to do runs in gas masks, right? Like in the military, it was the worst thing. Would you trust? But, but here's the thing, Philip. Would you entrust mm -hmm. a gas mask to a five-year-old? Would you? No, but it, it's it's got an it's, airtight seal, right? But, like a, but, a but mask. You under, is, but yeah. you understand? Like we're entrusting things to kids that it doesn't matter if we, if me and you think that this can't happen. It has happened. It's happened here like, like half an hour from where I live. And this then, is where I want to make your audience hate me sure. less if they don't, because <laughs> um, I don't think anybody, this has been, let me be very clear. I find this fascinating because yeah. this is what the world needs more of yeah. this right here. 
So don't let me like the audience, everything. Don't worry about them. No, I'm not. Really I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying this <laughs> thoroughly. So sure, fight, finish. Your so this middle, like this, is what I mean. Is like my buddies who are veterans, who are steel workers. Like I, they're my blood brothers. Like you know, I want their families to be. You know, but we have this. I think they've been pulled away, but this is what's missing. Like Omicron is ridiculous. Like, and, and when you go to doctors, I criticize doctors publicly now because they won't stand up to the government. Doctors like being on TV. So you have the doctors that love being on CBC and CNN. And then you have the doctors that like being on Fox. These guys are all media yep. whores, right? What I want our doctors to stand up and say, look, we make risk decisions all the time. Omicron variant presents no risk to the healthy population. There is no reason to shut down. Where is a doctor in the Canadian Medical Association, the Ontario, the Saskatchewan? They're not doing it because they're terrified of we, our society because woke culture has made standing up and saying something that goes against uh, panic. They get hammered. But, and, but where we're do, why we're doing that is because they get associated with the, the far right. You know what I mean? And so they won't say it. And so we don't have a space in the middle for somebody to come up and say, look, I believe everybody should get vaccinated but I believe we're over the hump. We shouldn't have people dying of suicide, opioid overdoses, denying children, you know, engagement. We shouldn't be wearing masks if we're vaccinated. Let's grow up and move the fuck on. Like there's nobody. And I tried to reach out to a tool because he was in the military. My buddy knows him and he's just, I don't know. He seems a bit scared, but I'm like the conservative party could message this beautifully and win the election in a landslide. If he was surrounded by some advisors who, who would, inform him to do something courageous at the moment but, it's but what do you but but you go back to what you earlier said you got to go against but i mean maybe it's not 97 percent of the population but it's going to feel like 97 percent of the population is going to hate you in the first month for even remotely mentioning it the media no, i think the come, majority of the population no are, the media, are, are the in media, the middle yeah i agree with you yeah. but the most vocal vocal yeah. part of our population is for tougher restrictions for Omicron is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Like this is lovely because more and more people are speaking openly about it, right? I'll give you an example of how it works. Uh, and this is why, you know, I don't like, when I say I don't like wars because they don't take a lot. So, so we had a case in, uh, in Ontario on Costco. Did you read that on my website? No, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, so Costco parking lot, there's a vet, the guy's a veteran. He served in Somalia. Uh, he's got handicap. Uh, he's handicapped. And so he's in the handicapped parking space, it's busy, and there's a car blocking him, right? And so obviously this car is waiting for a spot close to the door, right? And he's sitting there politely with his wife, the guy's 57 years old, and um, five minutes go by, he starts honking his horn saying, can you move? Like this car is blocking him so they can save a 40 second walk, and he's, he's blocked in the handicapped space for five minutes. He gets upset, he gets out of the car. He's like, can you move your car? And the driver is like, this won't look at him. And he's like, move your fucking car, right? And I'm, I'm going to lay this up. Your listeners will like this, right? And so I'll leave out a detail. He goes, go back to your fucking country. Move your car. And eventually two Muslim people come out, older guys with their fists up. There's an altercation. The police do an investigation. See that the, the Muslim family was a bit aggressive. I believe that he was a bit aggressive. Decide to lay no charges. The next day in the media, and this is what I mean, the media don't represent the people. The son of that Muslim person is a lawyer in London, Ontario. He tweets, hate crimes against Muslims, told to go home. Yeah. This whole campaign starts and my client is arrested. And the newspaper reports white male uh, hate crime against Muslims, tells him to go home. Now, the rub to your listeners is my client is Algonquin First Nations. He's a social worker who's been helping people for 10 years. He's not a racist man. Uh, but he was labeled a white person in the media and the car that was blocking him had Michigan plates. And there are witness statements from the police where he said, you fucking Americans are blocking me and go fucking home. Excuse all this. Work. But that's what he said. It wasn't a hate crime. Yeah. It was nothing to do with Muslim. It was about American plates, but it wasn't reported. And then he had, uh, nobody would help him. He came to me. I helped vets. And I said, screw it. I, I did a press conference and I called out, I called out the lawyer and the response was very positive. So it's okay for the doctors who are thinking about saying, it's okay to say something and go against that Twitter mob, I think, because the population is hungry for it. 
And uh, yeah, I just thought it was a good story. Well, we can go against media. uh, Yeah. uh, Listen, you're raising a very valid problem we have in this country in particular, in that all the media, unless it's independent, is on one side of pretty much every argument at this point. It's I mean, like, it doesn't matter what argument you throw out there, Philip. COVID is obviously the most blatant one in everybody's face, but you, Mm -hmm. you pick you pick any any anything. Mainstream media, corporate media is in line with each other. There, there's very little this. Like what we're doing yeah. right now is unusual to our society. And it shouldn't. It should be more, it should be more accepted across the board. The reason more doctors aren't speaking out has nothing to do, in my opinion, with the media, it has everything to do with the medical colleges. They don't want them speaking up. They've they've literally uh, cool. I mean, yeah, right. So like yeah. me and you can sit here and go. Come on, man, speak up already. But here I am, you know, and I, I take a risk every single day. Like I'm, I'm fully employed. And, yeah. you know, can one day my employer walk in and be like, we don't like what you're saying? Yeah. And then, you know, I got a choice to make. Just don't Doc- say something too crazy. Well, but if you do get fired for for discourse, I'll, I'll represent you for free <laughs> and see their asses up. Well, that's, that's fair. I appreciate that, right? But I mean, it, it is a risk you take in today's world. <clears throat> By expressing yeah. your views, because everybody has a definition of what their extreme is, right? Yeah. For me and you, it might be saying that uh, the Earth mm. is flat. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, let's take something that that's that's pretty extreme. On, but on that the feels level pretty dumbness. extreme. Yeah. That's right. For me and you, it feels extreme. And I just lost a couple listeners because they're flat earthers. What are you going to do? At the end mm. of the day, you know, like the 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 there, everybody has their level of extreme. You know, mm. for for a bunch of people. Um, right now walking outside without two masks on or whatever it is is extreme and they're worried about that and they're worried about having people in their house for christmas for other people they're like they've been over this for two years and they just want to get on with life yeah and we just keep going through this you know this motion and a huge problem of that is mainstream media right i had a politician because they love they love the double maskers pitted against the anti-vaxxers right they love that because it's good media right like as it, you're, they're built on a foundation of viewership. What yeah. brings viewers in? Fear. Uh, well, I mean, it, it was Don Henley who had the song Dirty Laundry, right? I mean, yeah. all you got to do is listen to that song and you go, well, actually, yeah, it still fits, right? Like what sells? Well, it ain't like hopes and dreams. Honestly, we all love it, Like, but we want the dirt. Give me there's the dirt. Good, there's a good quote. Um, I think I used to, I worked for Colin Powell in, uh, for a while. And when we were talking about messaging, he said a lie gets halfway around the globe before the truth puts its pants on. Yeah. Right. In, in the digital world. So, you know, having a headline that, that, that seems crazy gets shared and liked. And then, you know, how does a, how does a, a listener ever validate that it's happened? You know, they just see that it's got 10,000 likes, you know, it, it, I, I, I really, I really care about, trying to get my brothers and sisters, you know, back onto the, 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 onto the discussion point rather than on that Facebook cycle. Like, cause it's kill, it's literally killing them and making them hate the best country in the world. Like, tell me what country in the world is better than Canada right now. Well, uh, well, honestly, yeah. Like if you were, I love DeSantis. Yeah. We'd like it to be Florida, but on the global stage, nowhere's better than Canada. The yeah. problem we have right now is we're being run by a bunch of imbeciles. Like, yeah. honestly, they just can't, they can't even find their pants, let alone put them on. Because but really, we've always been run by imbeciles. That's what well, people are, are missing. Like, we just didn't see it because like, it wasn't covered the same way. But government, it's just hard to run it. So I don't think it's unique to us. But it, I think your point is true. Countries can fall out of favor and die. And if we keep being risk adverse uh, and apologize for everything, you know, our country is going to lose its vigor because it was built on courageous men and women who took risks. It was literally built on uh, where I'm from. It was literally yeah. built on people who traveled halfway across the world for a, a better, you know, a better life and then lived through some of the most horrendous conditions because you've been to Saskatchewan. Let me tell sure. you, winter isn't the best place to be, uh, you know, this time of year in Saskatchewan on the open plain and minus whatever, the wind me, howling. It ain't the greatest place. And they pulled it off. And then we get to live here on what they built, right? Let me share, uh, just as an aside going, 
because I, I love this element of Canada. In, in political organizations, often the environment creates uh, the political focus. So in the U.S., it was very easy to, to pioneer the U.S. A lot of their rivers go east-west, right? And you could survive a winter as a solo pioneer, right, on a homestead in the U.S., right? In Canada, we had the Canadian Shield, swamps. Most of our rivers are north-south. Saskatchewan, you know, prairie plains. So you couldn't survive a winter without working together. So if you look at northern communities, Scandinavia, Canada, they have a more of a socialist background. It's, I know people think it's a bad, bad term because you couldn't survive without working together. Like one person who had the most, and it's interesting, I think, because we forget that, that working together is what built us. You know, you couldn't survive a prairie winter unless your community worked together. You couldn't just go and start a homestead in Northern Saskatchewan and survive the winter by yourself, right? So I think remembering that as a country is something to be very proud of. It was much harder for us to make this country. And as a result of that, we created things that took care of the group more than the individual. And that's the difference between us and the U.S. in many ways. Yeah, uh, I would agree. I, I mean, you're right, socialist uh, doesn't have a good uh, feel to it uh, yeah. in any country, I would say. But when you put it in terms like that, 100% agree. Like uh, the sense of community from where I come from, you didn't survive the winters without it. Because mm -hmm. that was honest, you had to lean on people. And I, I would 100% agree. You know, uh, to before I let you get out of here, I uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up with you to just switch topics was the Kyle Beach uh, story. NHL, you know, huge news. I'm a hockey guy. Um, you know, this... <laughs> I don't know, this nuclear warhead goes off in the NHL and it's, you know, he gets his time in the sun and to talk about it and everybody applauds him and, you know, and then it kind of just, you know, as much as they want that, they want to sweep it under the rug. Like, let's get, let's, let's move on. What did you think of, uh, um, the Kyle beach? I don't know. Is it saga? Is it story? Whatever yeah. you want. Um, I think every hockey player is horrified that could happen in the NHL and not only in the NHL, but under the leadership of one of the, at the specifically at that time, you know, like a guy, guys like Quinville and Bowman. And like, I mean, these are some hockey names right there in front of them. It, my journey, um, it, it's a passion of mine to destroy pedophiles. Like when I was a crown attorney, I was assigned a lot of the child rape cases because even though I might be obnoxious, I'm actually good at communicating with a kid, right? And so to, to convict a rapist, you have to have a child or somebody who's damaged go on the stand and retell the story, right? And it's, tra it's traumatizing for the child. It's traumatizing, like I'm getting shivers thinking about it because I have to put a kid on the stand and ask them to retell a horror in order to put that Scumbag. Yep. Right. I tell you and what, you, you, you just went up about 70,000% in my audience eyes because pedophilia is yeah. something I think we're all coming to realize has is more prevalent than anyone ever thought. So and carry you on. Need to be able to, you need to be able to communicate with a kid to do that. And so when I left the crown attorney's office, one of my mandates is to deal with institutional child abuse, right? So the Catholic church famous for it, moving them around. A lot of schools did it. Um, and pedophiles seek places where they can have access to children with confidence. So you trust your priest. Right. And in a hockey, if you're a pedophile going into the hockey rink and being a coach, you trust the coach because you want your kid to play. Right. So they the Boy Scouts, same thing. So it's a small percentage of the population, but they kind of move to where they can have access to kids. And it happens in hockey. And I think where we resonate is, you know, I played hockey in the military and when I was younger and, and military guys, tough guys. A lot of male sexual assault goes unreported because of the fear of being labeled a homosexual. Right. And so we always hear about female sex assault. Right. But some of the studies I've been involved in one in three, one in four women will be involved in a, a serious sexual assault in their life. Men, it's one in six, one in seven. That's what they believe. But it goes unreported because it's very hard for us to talk about it because we always have to appear impenetrable and perfect. And so in the hockey community, it's, you can't tell your buddy that somebody's diddling you because they're going to call you a homo. Right. So it, it, it's pressed down. And I, 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 I admire the courage to come forward as uh, Flurry did. 
you know, that case reminds me of Sandusky, right? What I want our, our tribe to do is don't protect the organization because you end up doing more damage if you put sweep things under the rug. If you've got a problem, identify it right away, you know, rip the Band-Aid off and then move forward with integrity. But when, when people are more worried about winning the season, not disrupting this, they do more damage to the organization. The army did it when it came to Somalia, right? Like just deal with the issues, allow the scrutiny and move forward. And I deal with that with cops too, like when a cop beats somebody up and then the police force says they didn't do anything wrong. I'm like, hey, you're going to have a cop every once in a while that does something wrong. Deal with it so that the good cops aren't sullied by the actions of one. But if you try to pretend like you never make a mistake, you don't help. I don't know if that helps uh, answer your question, but you know, we need to, we need to allow men to talk about what happened because it, controversial, but I think your show and talking to you, I, I respect uh, your show. Almost every pedophile, male pedophile who abuses a boy was abused as a boy. And so you need to sink that in. Nobody would choose to be a pedophile. It's the worst thing in the world. Like, you know, there's nothing that would make you, you know what I mean? It's not like you just choose one day to go down that road with all of the punishments and ostracization is there but almost everyone was abused as a boy and never talked about it. So there's almost a need to allow people to talk about it so they can get therapy. It's very complex psycholo psychologically, but we need to allow men to be able to talk about that to protect the next generation of kids, I think. Yeah, the, uh, I think what's unnerving everyone right now is the move to try and normalize pedophilia, that it's, it's something in your DNA and that... Um, yeah. just that you know these are people that we have to live to learn with uh live learn to learn live to with. live with thank you i don't know why i couldn't spit that out and and i think you know as a, a man with young children i have a hard time with that like to me that is the you know on the on the scale of brutality doing anything to children is at the absolute highest no, it shouldn't and, be like it shouldn't be tolerated at, at all. all. And in the past, you were, you were, you were removed from society, right? But I think as they get into the science, think about it later. Do you think somebody, I don't think anybody would choose to do that because it's, you know, women are just so enjoyable, right? And it's like, so, and, and the consequences of being a pedophile, even though people say it's not serious, you get, you get destroyed in prison, right? When you go to jail, your life is destroyed. Everything is destroyed. And, and I've seen what's happened where people have been accused of it and were innocent and what it did to their life. Right. Cause that does happen that sometimes there'll be an accusation and, and it's, uh, and the person's innocent of it and their life is They often commit suicide. Just the innocent person will commit suicide. So that's a deep, deep conversation for later, but I hope, uh, I hope I've contributed to your, to your show in some way. Oh, absolutely. Philip, you, this has been, uh, um, Listen, I enjoy talking to all walks of life, all different people. Um, and I appreciate, I, I hopefully I appreciate, I try to come off as I appreciate everybody's views. Cause you're, you, every time I hop on this thing, I'm learning something new. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to expose myself to different, you know, like I, I certainly know that the, the thought of the echo chamber or saying the same thing over and over a confirmation bias, all that. And, and I certainly, uh, I certainly hopefully I'm trying to expose myself to different views, different thoughts. I think as a society, all of us need to do that. Social media is, well, we all know it and we willingly allow it to happen where it just feeds you the same thing. So if you believe one thing, it's going to feed you because it wants you on the, on the bloody contraption. Just go look, watch the social dilemma and you'll be like, Oh, like, okay, we can see it happening in front of us. And we all just willingly let it happen. And hopefully uh, one of the things I'm, trying to do on this thing is is trying to bring on different people so please if nothing else when you when you hop off of here i have enjoyed this i've i've been thoroughly enjoyed uh you know I, i'm a morning guy i love a morning coffee i love a morning banter and this has been a, this has been a back and forth and I, i've certainly enjoyed it before i let you go we got to do the final question uh, brought to you by crude master um shout out to heath and tracy mcdonald they've been supporters of the podcast since the very beginning and you know uh for you sir uh, i'm curious if you could sit down with one person right now and let's go Canada in Canada to sit and pick their brain, like we're doing right now, who would you take? Who would I pick their brain? Yeah. Who would you want to sit and, and, and try and pull some thoughts out of? In Canada. 
well, if I wanted to hang out with somebody, if it was deceased, you know, I, it's different. Who would I want to pick their brain? Like, I, I kind of like your, your, your listeners wouldn't like it, but I've read some, I thought nope. David Suzuki was pretty cool for a while. Like, uh, I think we should have a council of Canada where we have like 10 people who are considered the smartest people who can get together and make, so it's not politicians. They can get together and suggest policies and they're from all walks of life. Right. Like, so I just want to be around those people, but right now in Canada, it, it's, it's more like you, like you're going to be the Joe Rogan of Canada. I think if, if uh, you keep doing what you're doing, but like, I want, you know, I don't want to talk to somebody famous. I want to talk to somebody who's struggling, who I could help, help get over the hump so they can enjoy their life and not be angry at everybody all the time. That's what, that's what I want to do. And uh, if you ever get a chance, I think Rogan interviewed Russell Brand. I don't know if you ever saw that, yep, yep, but yep. there's two people for uh, an amazing conversation. And, and, and I hope uh, you can help facilitate a little bit more of that. And, uh, well, you know, I'd like to be in a room with Trudeau and slap him around and say, uh, dude, what are you doing? Like, step up. You've got nothing to lose. Do something interesting. Grow said, a set. Like said you and 30 million Canadians, right? <laughs> like that'd be the greatest pay-per-view uh, on our planet. You, you want to, you want to solve COVID overnight, all the problems of money and everything, get Trudeau in a boxing match with Mike Tyson and we will fund our deficit over. Actually, you just have to get rid of Trudeau's advisors. Because they're the ones that are that are keeping their position by encouraging him to do nonsense things. He's actually a fairly smart guy. I've met him, but his advisors are just constantly pummeling him. These are the people who undermine government courtesans uh, who want to keep their position. Mm. Another topic: I'm helping the Canadian some senior Canadian generals dealing with the sexual assault thing, and uh, that is a topic where liberals are are destroying our military and people in Trudeau's government are deliberately leaking these investigations to destroy generals. But that's another topic for another. Well, we might have to just have you back on just to go deeper into that because that sounds like it'd be a fascinating hour to sit and and, uh, and hear a little bit more on that. But I'm not going to keep you all day. I do truly appreciate you hopping on this morning, uh, Philip. It's been uh, it's been a quick hour. She flew by, but I appreciate you hopping on and doing this with me. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. I got a question. Is your blood pressure raised at all? Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, it uh, spurred on some thoughts. It didn't make you swerve uh, the vehicle or showed at the radio. It probably did. Who am I kidding? I know half of you, when I don't say something aloud, usually shouting at the radio. I'm glad I could get you uh, involved. In the, in the conversation today. Regardless, I appreciate you tuning in for 2021. Believe me, I'm going nowhere. 2022, we're going to start uh, off like a rocket ship and just keep it going. We're, you know, I'm really looking forward to the new year. I'm glad you're all here. I'm glad you're all in. And uh, by all means, you got thoughts on the podcast, guest suggestions, people you want to see or hear from. You got the number, the phone number's in the show notes. Shoot me a text. I always love hearing from you guys and ladies for that matter uh, about your thoughts. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't really matter. Uh, just appreciate you all coming along for my ride, your ride, and uh, trying to make this experience the best um, as we move along and hopefully try and make some sense of, of what's going on. If you haven't already, make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Believe me, it helps. I uh, appreciate seeing all the new reviews of of the show as we've gone through the year. It's been pretty cool. Um, if you want to support the podcast, check out uh, my Patreon account in the show notes. Uh, a few of you have already, which is really cool. I'm I'm deeply I don't know humbled by that. I have no better word for it. It's it's odd uh, to have you guys supporting the way you do. I think it's awesome. And my hat goes off to all of you wherever you're at. Um, just stay awesome and let's kick some ass here in 2022. I look forward to catching up to you guys Monday and uh, I can't wait to get it started all over again.